Hello and welcome to Stony Creek Radio, the sermon podcast from Stony Creek Baptist Church in London, Ontario. We're so glad you've tuned in today. Our prayer as you listen is that you'll be encouraged and built up in your walk with Jesus as we study God's Word together. Thank you so much for joining us. Let's jump right in. Uh, We, uh, this morning, are doing a standalone uh, message, uh, not part of a series, and so I was, and just so you know, too, I've I've been sick a little bit. I did take a test, and I'm clear, so just so everyone knows, and I'm at the tail end of this, so if you hear anything in my voice, um, and so today, uh, I was thinking about what would I preach on, and and what would we look at as a church family, and uh, the verse uh, that goes like this, when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, uh, I came to my mind, and it's one that I haven't been able to get off, uh, to, to get out of my head, the, the beauty of that verse, and thinking about this Christmas season that Jesus came as our Savior because he is good and loving and kind. And so I want to look at that verse and the verses around it. So Titus chapter 3, verses 1 to 8, if you uh, have your Bible or or your device in front of you, uh, Titus 3, 1 to 8. And I just want to simply continue to reflect in light of Christmas, uh, in light of communion today, uh, on what Christ has done for us in his coming and his death and resurrection. And I want to reflect and be reminded of the goodness of God uh, and to be reminded to live in light of his goodness. Uh, That it's not just meant to be as we'll see, as we see so often in scripture, it's not just something we're reminded of and it's just something that just stays in our head or in our hearts, but it, it completely changes who we are and how we live. And so Titus uh, chapter 3, verses 1 to 8. I want to start first at verses 4 to 7, right in the middle of that passage. We'll read the other verses afterwards, but this is the heart uh, of this section in Titus. It says this, starting in verse 4, But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. And I don't know about you, but I, I, I'm not as familiar with the book of Titus as I am with some of the other books in the New Testament. I don't know if that's the case for you, but I know Romans and maybe like 1 Corinthians, but Titus I don't know as well. But it just hit me again this week of the, how amazing this statement is and the depth of it and, and the truth that could be continually explored here. Uh, Some have suggested that these verses are an early Christian confession, uh, one that may have been read at uh, at a person's baptism, that this is what God has done in my life, and so I am being baptized to proclaim, to tell you these things. And it's just such a beautiful statement, and and maybe one of your New Year's resolutions is to to memorize scripture, and, and may I add 
add this to the many other verses that you could add uh, to, to memorization. Uh, just a beautiful picture of the gospel summed up in this way. And so what makes these verses even more beautiful, though, are to look at verse 3 first. So go back, just the verse that precedes this. Because here we are, remind, we are reminded of who we are and what we're capable of. Verse 3 says, For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. Yet in the midst of this, the goodness of God our Savior appeared to save people like that, like this, to which is to say to save people like you and me. And so I want to just highlight in those verses, four to seven, just four ways uh, that highlight the goodness of God. Uh, maybe there's 20 different things that could be highlighted, but I want to just highlight four uh, truths that stood out to me that as we think about this Christmas and these verses of how good our God is. And the first one is that God loves us. That God loves us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son uh, if you've never heard that verse before, memorize that one. Or is, in this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son. So be reminded once again that God loves us. God acted out of love and we were being reminded of this. The second truth I want us to see here is that God saved us. Uh, the, these verses are very close. If you think of Ephesians, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. That this word, if you see that word regeneration there, it talks about the washing of regeneration. Uh, we could, you could go into depth into this word and, and look all into it, but just know on the surface, the focus of this word is that it is a work of God, that God God saving us is a work of God. It's closely related to the terms, think of like new birth or uh, when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus of the need to be born again. And we see right in these verses that we are saved not because of anything we have done, but because of what Christ has done. It's not based on our works. It's a work of the spirit of God in us. That in salvation, he has regenerated us, that he has removed our filth, verse 3, and given to us this new life, heirs, eternal life that he talks about in these verses. And so in the goodness of God, be reminded that he saved people unable to save themselves and that those who believe in Jesus are regenerated. Now, closely related to this idea is the third point that God changed us. That in this understanding, God has changed us. And so we are no longer, verse three, because of the mercy of God, that this is a work that God does in our hearts and understand that regeneration is not just God changing our external actions, and, but God truly changes us from the inside out. Uh, in 6 to 8 this past year on Thursday nights, we did a study through the Sermon on the Mount. 
And uh, it, just, it just opened my eyes once again as I was able to study some of those passages others taught as well, but um, how the stress on Jesus in that teaching is our heart, what is our motives, uh, and, and who are we as a person? Jesus is not impressed by external actions simply to impress people. And this is what regeneration is, that God truly changes people's hearts. And from there, our actions will speak to that truth. But this is the beauty of God's salvation, is that God changes us completely in our hearts. And then lastly, the fourth is that God blesses us that we become heirs, that we receive eternal life and, and all of the joy and everything that comes with that in this life and for eternity. One of our uh, favorite Christmas movies, as I'm sure some of you have favorite Christmas movies as well that you watch every year, um, we do that as well. And one of our favorites is The Muppet Christmas Carol, uh, which uh, I've been watching since... I since I was probably eight years old. So I've probably seen it about 30 times, uh, maybe 100 times, and I just can't remember. I don't know. Because I remember some Christmases, we'd watch it multiple times. Uh, and if you're not familiar with The Muppet Christmas Carol, it's like, you know, it's, uh, Charles Dickens' book, uh, The Christmas Carol. Uh, and in it, in this movie, uh, Scrooge is not a very good guy. Uh, for most of the movie, he is selfish, he's greedy, he really likes his money, uh, he doesn't want to help the poor, uh, he in fact would rather the poor just die so that it would decrease the surplus population, if you know that line at all. And so because of this, in The Muppet's Christmas Carol on Christmas Eve, uh, Jacob and Robert Marley come to visit him, uh, the ghost of Jacob and Robert. And if you're confused at all, the Muppets add a brother named Robert, so just so you know that. But they come and warn him, and in The Muppet's Christmas Carol, they warn him through song. Uh, and so the song goes like this. It goes, we're Marley and Marley, avarice and greed, we took advantage of the poor, just ignored the needy. We specialized in causing pain. I got to stop singing. That was way too long. So Mark, Mark likes to sing up here, so I felt I needed to add to it. So <laughs> by singing Marley and Marley. And so I, I contemplated in my head getting like Ryan and Andy singing this together. And the thought of those two like popping up from behind the piano as, mu as Muppets singing really... <laughs> I should have been studying, but I was just thinking about that for a long time and how fun that would be. Maybe next year. But, uh, and so they, they sing the song, and, the, and, the, and it continues and goes on. I'm not going to sing it, but just reading it. Uh, it says, we specialized in causing pain, spreading fear and doubt, and if you could not pay the rent, we simply threw you out. Where Marley and Marley, our hearts were painted black. We should have known our evil deeds would put us both in shackles. Captive bound, we're double iron, exhausted by the weight. As freedom comes from giving love, so prison comes with hate. Where Marley and Marley, ooh, where Marley and Marley, doomed Scrooge, you're doomed for all time. Your future is a horror story. Your chains are forged by what? What you say and do. So have your fun when life is done. A nightmare waits for you. Uh, just a, a, great, a great family Christmas song there. <laughs> and then it goes on and on. We're Marley and Marley. Ooh, 
and they keep repeating that and they keep, they're about to disappear. And then at the very end, they yell out, if you know it at all, they yell out, change is the last word that he yells to them. Now, I will continue to watch Muppets Christmas Carol. I love it. I love the novel uh, by Charles Dickens. But what you see in this song is the onus here is for Scrooge to change so that he is able to be saved. So the message is, Scrooge, change how you are living so that you will be saved. That is weight. That is change. That is uh, how much love do I give What happens if Scrooge was loving for that year and then fell back into some of where he was before? But what I want to point out from Titus 3 here is the good news of the gospel is that anyone in any walk of life can be saved and changed by the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior, that God first saves us and then he changes us that we do not have to change and then be saved, that God does this work. God saves and then changes us. And what we see in the Christmas story is that shepherds and wise men come to Jesus. And just as they came, we can come to him as well and know his mercy and grace and know that wherever you are in life, maybe you are like verse three, for example, your, your, your days are being passed in anger. Maybe that's where you find yourself, but know that Jesus saves and he changes people. This is the beauty of regeneration. And so then there is no salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men which by, by which we must be saved. And so my encouragement to you is to listen to his voice when he calls and do not harden your heart. Now, Paul is saying in these passages to Titus, he is writing this with a purpose, and that's what he's leading into verse 8. He says this. He says, the saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things so that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people. That we see that we have been regenerated for good works that we are now able to do good works for his glory because of the Holy Spirit in us. And we also find that we need to be reminded to do that. And so here, Titus, keep reminding your people of what Christ has done so that they are careful to devote themselves to good works. Those who believe in God And what I like about just this thinking about here is that if a church family, if Stony Creek is devoted to doing good works, it is excellent and profitable for people. And so we want to be doing the same as as the churches under Titus would have been reminded to do as well. And I simply want to remind ourselves as we enter into a new year that we devote ourselves to good works because of what Christ has done. Specifically at the beginning of this chapter in verses one and two, he gives them uh, specific ways that they are to be reminded in how to live. 
Verses one and two, it says, remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. Uh, C.S. Lewis uh, had said, I believe it's a mere Christianity, but I couldn't completely find it out. So take this with a grain of salt. It's not my quote, at least, just know that. But he said, people need, to be, people need to be reminded more than they need to be instructed. And so we see this here, this, uh, again, understanding of the importance of being reminded of what God has done and how we are to live. Now, the first I want to just point out, just as we wrap up here, that he first says that we need to be submissive and obedient that this is our posture towards those in authority over us as we all have authority over us in one way or many different ways. And I don't want to go into all of this. This is a topic that gets talked about way more than I can remember in my years of life. But it's just a reminder and the gospel reminds us that life is not all about me and what I want and what I want to do. It often means listening to people and obeying them, even if we don't agree. The second point I want to look at is that in light of the gospel, we ought to be ready to serve. Always be ready to serve for every good work, wherever life brings us. I don't know about you, but I'm, sometimes I'm tired. Are you guys ever tired at all? Man, especially after Christmas. Oh, man. Sometimes I'm hungry. I don't find myself very hungry today after yesterday, but sometimes I'm hungry and sometimes I am both tired and hungry. So watch out. I know some people here have snacks that they bring to church because they know after church they're hungry and maybe tired. So they eat some snacks to feel better, which I think is good. But when I am those sort of things, I am not too ready to serve uh, or I think of uh, often in my life, I'm, I'm wanting to get home because the Raptors are on in 10 minutes. So I need to get home and tune in to the Raptors. And so I'm very focused on that. Uh, and, and maybe purposefully or uh, too narrow focused, I can easily go through life and miss many opportunities to serve because I'm thinking about myself or what I need to do. Now, I think we need to rest, eat, and watch the raptors, but I can too easily let those things dictate my days and dictate my life and miss those opportunities. And, and something I, I try to continue to think about and in my prayer life is every morning to, to say, Lord, help me be ready for every good work today. Whatever it is, help me be ready to, to if it's money or if it's just being there or if it's saying the right thing, whatever it is, that I would be ready for every good work. And, and you know, I would admit that word every there scares me a little bit, uh, but we are told that it is profitable and excellent for people. The third one here that just to, I would like to point out is be a person who speaks gently in light of what Jesus has done. Again, sometimes I'm tired and sometimes I'm hungry and sometimes I'm both and that does not come as easy in those times. But just think of how Jesus spoke to people generally speaking outside of religious leaders. Spoke always with gentleness. 
Romans 12, 18 says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. And I think that should be everyone's life verse. It should be your life verse. It's not mine, but it should be yours. <laughs> but mine is Ephesians 4, 29. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those uh, who hear. Um, my mom gave me that verse early on in life. <clears throat> And so how important in, in this life uh, to be gentle in how we speak and how we respond. And we see that reminder. Lastly, we are to be perfectly courteous. A um, few different things could come under that, headline, uh, under that heading, gentleness, meekness, humility, that this is how we are to live our lives in light of the gospel and I hope that you see that, this perfectly cur courteous as Jesus, that this is how Jesus lived. Uh, there's a book, if I could add to your New Year's resolution reading list, called uh, Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland. I would recommend to you, maybe put it at the top of the list, because if your resolutions are anything like mine, by February they are long done with. Uh, so maybe at least you'll get to it then. But in this book, he says that, uh, he tells us that Jesus in the four gospels only tell, talks about what his heart is like once. And this is how he describes it. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 to 30, he says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and burden is light. That in Jesus, we find one who is gentle, meek, humble. The one phrase he uses is that Jesus is not trigger happy. You never see him blurt something out without thinking. I'm, I've never experienced that, but I've heard others do that. But Jesus always spoke with wisdom, acted with wisdom and gentleness. And then second, his heart is lowly and it's closely connected to humility, but it speaks to his position that he has made himself low. That even though he is the king, a child can come to him. That his time isn't too precious, his position isn't too powerful, his riches aren't too great to shut people out because in his heart, he is gentle and lowly. And so I just want to simply remind us this morning during this Christmas season that let the coming of Jesus remind us of who he is, what he has done, that our savior, he is good, loving, and kind. And we see that in Titus verses four to seven. And know that if you are believing in him as savior, he has saved you and changed you by his death and resurrection. He has regenerated you. And so the reminder is to live like him and know that this is excellent and profitable for people. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for uh, this Boxing Day. And uh, Lord, I thank you for these verses in Titus 3 and the reminder of what Christ has done. Uh, thank you that God is good and loving and kind. 
Lord, I ask that myself first, that I would be reminded of how I am to live in light of the gospel and that these, these truths from your word would, would uh, be in my heart, that I would live by them. And so, Lord, I pray that I would be reminded of them constantly to live in this way. And so, Lord, I pray for us as a church family that, uh, that we would live this way, that we'd be a shining light on the hill. And Lord, that your gospel would go forth from here and that people would, would trust in Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you for the gospel that we do not have to try to change ourselves to be saved. Uh, that Christ did the work on the cross, that he saves us, that he clean, cl cleanses us, that he cleans us, gives us new life. And Lord, we thank you <clears throat> for that truth. Lord, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. If you've been encouraged by our time today in God's word, we'd love for you to connect with us on social media and let us know. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at SCBC London. Until next time, I'm your host, Ryan, and this has been Stony Creek Radio. God bless. Thank you.